Welcome back to Fat People with Opinions. I'm your host, Taylor Renee, and I'm feeling much better this week. Hello. This is Isaiah. <laughs> and I am here. Barely. Barely. We're back. We're still fat. We still have fucking opinions. How have you been? I've been wonderful. <laughs> okay. Well, we can't win them all. Like, I really complain about my job at everyone every episode, which is probably an indication that I need to not work at this place anymore. I would have quit my job, okay? What happened this time? I just was on, and the crazy thing is, it's like, lowest of keys, okay. There's just a lot going on. First of all, my company doesn't really understand, like, my role and like what I do for the company and they don't really understand like productivity in production um I say that because they made a decision that really is counterintuitive to what we actually have to do as individuals in my role I'm trying to talk around it without giving too much information but essentially it's like I'm expect be I'm now put in a position because of a recent policy change where I have to do the same amount of work that I was doing before in less time. Mm. And there's no like compensation change. There's no kind of like a bit attention being paid to how we're going to make it so that it's possible because like the whole purpose of me applying for this position was to not... So here's what happened. So because we recently got a new client, there's all this new inventory that's increasing the amount of calls that we get. So their answer for this... In my role, I don't take calls. Like, like I'm not... I'm not there's a time throughout the day, usually on Monday and Tuesdays, um, where I do have to get on the phone just because they wanted us to like maintain our expertise in handling calls, but that was really so this, just so that we had like a working knowledge of what, of some of the things that the reps were encountering. That's now changed to because there is more inventory and we're having more calls that we have to do 10 hours a week on the phones and it's spread out across the week. And it's like, the whole purpose of me applying for this job, uh, this promotion, was to not be on the phone. Right. Like, <laughs> was the whole purpose. So now I'm being put in a position where I'm having to be on the phone. And it's like, it's really not that bad because it's actually kind of relaxing to only be focused on one thing. Meaning that I just am responsible for being on that phone for that duration. But it's also annoying because that's time I can be spent doing other things. Yeah. And what's happening is... So our role, we're supposed to offer support to the floor. What that means is if there's someone who who has a question related to any kind of account, we're supposed to help them. And the way that it works is there's people assigned to, we have this like chat room that you go into and you say, I have a question. I have a supervisor call. When it was originally instituted, it was supposed to be like people are assigned to monitor the chat at different times. I remember talking about this on the show. Monitor at different times. What has, what is, has now shifted to is because people essentially are abusing it and like don't want to try to answer questions for themselves or come <laughs> to their own conclusions and make decisions for themselves you know like adults these are people who you know are in their 30s and 40s who can't make a decision for themselves now that's not here nor there but they go into the chat and we are supposed to be there to support them 
It was originally people had designated times that they were monitoring the chat. Now it's like you have to essentially be available at all times. And even that was like, okay, I could still manage it because it's like I can, I'm one of those people that I kind of can multitask. Like depending on the nature of the question, I would, could do something else while I'm answering that question um, or researching the matter. That has now shifted to, okay, well, we're going to take people off from monitoring the chat because they have to be on the phones to handle the, the new inventory. But what they fail to realize is... Somebody still has to monitor that chat. And if you're taking people away from monitoring the chat, what you fail to realize is that you're just backing up our work. Because what's going to happen is they're going to they're gonna send us emails saying this patient, this supervisor called, nobody was there to answer my supervisor call, so I had to send you an email because they would have called back. Or can you look at this account? Or can you do this? And it's like, it's counterproductive to what we actually intended it to be used for. Like, you think that you're actually taking to, to you're actually like clearing the queue faster by having us in the phones but last the i was on the phones for the duration of a lord of the rings film for three hours oh my gosh so i have to this policy shift has made it so that i have to be on the phones that's neither here nor there i had a call today with this lady and i just wanted to reach through this phone (laughs) i really need to quit this job because i feel like it's making me it's radicalizing me to like be this like right wing (laughs) like right wing like individual responsibility touting kind of like pay your bills ass bitch like i really feel like i'm starting to take on her yes you need to quit yes because i I don't know what's happening i was making you a horrible person like the the cost benefit analysis in terms of the amount of energy and effort and stress that i'm having to take on in order to do this job is not making it is not making sense to me it's not squaring And I'm realizing that I need to make moves because I can't like, I really, really can't to greener pastures. I can't. And I'm really trying. I was like really having this conversation in my head earlier today. Like, am I a hypocrite? Like, how do I reconcile my own belief system with the role that I'm currently in, in this job? Like, but I'm also like, isn't that kind of like some privilege shit to be able to work a job that like fully aligns with your, yes. Yes, it is. And also, the way the capitalism is set up, I don't think that there is a way to be both liberal and have a job, period. Right. <laughs> like, there's, I'm just like, like I said last week, I'm a cog in this machine that is our, you know, healthcare system. And if anything, the onus isn't on me as an individual to, like, to make it to take on to make the decision to leave this job which is providing me an income that's sustaining my my energy bitch my life force my material reality <laughs> like that's sustaining me from this end and then i also deal with this shit from the patient and then i'm also having this internal dialogue where i feel like at any moment everything could just come undone <laughs> because i could just throw caution to the wind and say fuck all this shit bitch <laughs> okay at any moment i could just i'm <laughs> Could just fly the coop, bitch. Jump ship. I'm sorry. Let me stop complaining about my job. The, those were the tales from the belly of the beast. Okay, bitch. <laughs> How have you been? I'm sorry. I just co-opted that whole <laughs> segment. I'm sorry. I've been all right. I had a better week this week than I had last week. Um, I'm supposed to be doing something really interesting for Valentine's Day this weekend. So I'll keep y'all posted on that. Like, ooh. 
assuming it goes well. What are you doing? Are you not sharing with the team? It's a date with an ex. <laughs> Where are you going? Um, Is this a smart move? Are we really doing these things? I don't know. Because, okay, so here's the thing. I feel like it was a breakup, right? But he doesn't. He feels like it was a break. So it's like nobody knows what we're doing. Right. It's 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 giving me miscommunication, misunderstanding. But I don't understand how because we've had multiple conversations around mm-hmm. this topic and my side has stayed the same each and every time. <laughs> So I'm not sure how we are confused at this point. Mm. But my perspective is an ex is an ex for a reason. Agree. However, if they're not an ex Mm -hmm. and we're just on a break, whatever the fuck that means. Oh, okay. I get what what you're... What is it? I'm, I'm picking out what you're putting down. I'm picking up what you're putting down, bitch. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. We're going to see. Because I also feel like, okay, so I did want to talk about this. I So me and my significant other broke up. And we had been having, I had been having, like, issues sexually for a while. Mm. And feeling, like, not confident in myself on that front. But only specifically with him. Mm. Don't know why. I feel like it's a... I do know what it is. So specifically yesterday I was in the car and I was listening to this Janet Jackson song that is very sexual. Mm. And I was like feeling some type of way, like feeling good about myself. And then I started thinking about him and I got really like embarrassed or like nervous or something. And I don't, I can't pinpoint why, because it didn't always, it wasn't always like that. Mm. So I don't know how this this Valentine's Day thing is going to go because if I'm feeling the same way, I don't know. But what's what's at the what is at the core of that embarrassment? Is it like I don't know, that's what I'm saying cuz mm-hmm. like there were a couple times where like I don't want to say he rejected me, but it was like a it felt like a rejection. Mm. So I don't know if I'm like internalizing that and like there's nothing I can do that will entice him. I don't know. Mm. But being, like, sensual or, like, flirty around him really, like, makes me nervous. It, like, really, I don't know. It feels weird, and I don't know why. Mm, That's scary. I feel like, because, if anything, do you think it's because you got in a point in, in, you were at a point in your relationship where things were so routine that, like, doing things sexually or doing things, like, flirting with them, being flirtatious was outside of that norm. So maybe that's what's kind of motivating it. Like I would say yes, but then I don't have an issue flirting with other people or like hmm. being, I don't want to say sexual because I haven't like had a sexual encounter with somebody else since breaking up with them since this only happened a week ago. But I don't have an issue around like my sexuality, around being sexual, sexual. around being flirty. Right. Like I don't have that issue. It's only with him. And I feel like it's like a fear of rejection because of me feeling like I've been rejected by him in the recent past, but I don't know. Hmm. That's such a conversation because it's like, what does it mean 
for when you're in a relationship to like experience rejection like and also do you still maintain because I I know for me and this is horrible but I like have associated kind of like value with like your ability to like pull niggas like (laughs) (laughs) to like be considered attractive to men it's something that I'm starting to realize that like is a part of my psyche that I need to really work on unpacking but like when you're in a relationship and you experience rejection, I mean, because you are in a committed relationship with that person, that that those that person's feelings, thoughts, actions, they are valuable to you. Yes. So it's like if you experience a rejection, not because they are like attract unattracted to you, or just because, or like the reasoning could be that they maybe just didn't want to have sex at that moment, or. Right. But how do you, like, reconcile still feeling rejected, but still having those feelings of, like, this person's opinion matters to me, so I was rejected? Yeah. It's like a... I don't want to say, like, the trust is gone, but, like, I don't feel as comfortable as I did before. Like, I don't Mm. trust him with my vulnerability. That's a good way to put that. Oh, my God. I don't trust being vulnerable around him because I feel... Like I might get rejected or ridiculed or judged or something along those lines. Yeah, that's sad. I feel like if anything, you should be completely vulnerable with the person. Right. That's what I'm feeling as well. Mm-hmm. I did, I don't feel safe to do that in this moment though. I haven't in a while. Hmm. Have they voiced anything to you that made it seem like there was like? an issue with them being attracted to you? No. No? And okay. quite the opposite, actually, because I've asked, because the only way you won't find out is if you ask. Mm-hmm. And they have maintained, even through the breakup, that they are still attracted to me, they still love me, they're still in love with me. So I don't know what where this fear is coming from, but it's it's very real. And it happened, like, when they weren't even around. I was in the car thinking about them, and then was like, oh, this feels weird. I don't like this. Girl, we need therapy, bitch. Therapy is expensive. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we like, girl. Because it's, I don't even know what you do to kind of combat that. Because if you're scared to be vulnerable, I guess the answer is to like be vulnerable with that person and see what the outcome is going to be. But it's kind of like. And it's like, how do you do that while also, I mean, in this situation for Valentine's Day, say, be sexy because it's like how do you be sexy while also being embarrassed right and i know for me sex is all about comfort right it literally is all about comfort i cannot have sex if i'm not comfortable and if i'm in a situation where i'm like deep in my head and i'm one of those people who already is always in their head same so it's like if i don't feel comfortable nothing is popping off at all bitch what is it? What did Megan Sally say? Ride his dick like a stolen car. Is that what she said? <laughs> I can't do that when I'm thinking about the fact that we just stole this car. Like, bitch. <laughs> like, I can't. I'm in my mind like, bitch, the killer. They're going to come in the house. The police are going to get me. I'm going to jail. I'm never going to get out. I'm going to jail. Okay. So I cannot. I cannot. But, uh, yeah. That's wild. So Valentine's Day should be interesting. I I totally forgot that Valentine's Day was coming. I was like, it is February. There's a thing that happens in this month. It's I, my birthday. Oh. That. <laughs> but there's also another thing that happens in this month that I never celebrate. 
<laughs> what is it? And then somebody said, oh, I remember I, wait, wait, <laughs> I forgot where I was. One of our friends texted in our group chat and was like, are we going out this weekend? And then Taylor's response was, oh, I can't. It's Valentine's Day. I have plans. And when I tell you, I literally read that. It was like, it's Valentine's Day this weekend. Look, I can't. And people celebrate that. Yes. Are you one of those people? Have you ever been in a situation where you celebrated a Valentine's Day when you were by yourself? Yeah, I went out with friends one year for an un-Valentine's Day dinner. Come on, on Valentine's Day dinner. That's... But I don't really like buy myself flowers or anything. Oh, I've never been that girl. I just am like, bitch, it's another day. So the skinny for this week is Isaiah sent me a article that was sent to him about the biggest loser. And I have a lot of thoughts on that dumbass show. <laughs> but this article really put into perspective my thoughts. Because my thoughts prior to reading this article were, the biggest loser is stupid. All it cares about is humiliating people. The end. And this article said, the biggest loser is stupid. All it cares about is humiliating people. The end. I mean, that literally was like <laughs> the best summary of the article. That literally is what it, what it was. I was thinking about how we had this conversation. I just wanted to know, like, have you watched the biggest, like, did you used to tune into it when it came on? I wasn't, like, an avid watcher. I watched an episode or two. I thought it was cool that it was, like, a this is a, a game show that helps people to lose weight and the person who loses the most weight wins some money, which is, like, a really cool concept when you're, one, fat, but also, two, uneducated. hmm So I watched it, like, a couple times, and then I, I started watching the Where Are They Nows, and that's when I was like, oh, this is not it. Mm. this whole show is ridiculous yeah i used to watch it i'm not gonna say i was like a huge when i was growing up like those first couple seasons i mm-hmm. used to watch them because i used to be a huge tv watcher specifically reality tv and this was like my in my lineup and i like loved it the concept i thought was interesting and again this is me looking at this from a completely like uncritical perspective I was like, okay, it's cool. Like you said, fat bitches competing to win money. Mm-hmm. And it's dramatic in that there's niggas screaming at them. <laughs> like when they're exercising. I didn't like that part at all. <laughs> screaming at them when they're exercising. Niggas are throwing up. Like bitches are crying. And then it would be, the true gag would be when somebody was, would like gain a pound or something like that. Mm-hmm. And everyone would be in shock. <laughs> like, and then I was trying to think about what the rules of the game were. Was it the case that the people who lost the most I think how I remember it in the earlier seasons were the people who lost the most like got power or like immunity and then everyone had to vote who they wanted to yeah. eliminate. Yeah. So it wasn't even a situation where it's like bitches are just losing weight and whoever loses the most wins. Because no. I also feel like that it was be- like it was like biggest loser meets survivor where it was two teams and the team who lost the most weight got immunity and then the other team had to vote somebody out. Right. Slash apprentice. And they also had to have like consequences or some shit. Like the team that lost had to go out and do like extra exercises or like take a hike or some shit. I remember there, I feel like there was one, like you said, like a consequence where the team who won had made the other team like eat something that wasn't healthy. I feel like that was a thing yeah, that happened. I, there, I do remember there being an episode where 
somebody's consequence was like sitting in a room full of pizza or some shit. And I'm just like, what, what the fuck? <laughs> what the whole point of this show is to help them lose weight, right? And Why are we sitting them in a room full of pizza? Child. And when I'm thinking about it, like I said, it's completely uncritical. My, I was like, oh, this is a cool concept. And then as I grew up, I started thinking about it. I'm like, this show is really fucking fucked up. Because it's like, first of all, the diet that they had them on was completely like unsustainable. Right. <laughs> like, and it, it was, at least the season that I watched, it was the same across the board. Like everyone had the exact same diet. Mm-hmm. You know, this feels a lot like legion but we're not going to get into that (laughs) everyone had the exact same diet which is wrong from jump because your diet should match your body Mm -hmm. everybody's diet is slightly different and it's wild to me that trainers like jillian michaels who claim to be like these nutritionists don't fucking know that right right and it's like because even in in my own journey of researching like health and weight loss when i used to be in the height of like weight loss one of the things that they tell you is that you kind of have to like do what you, you have to like crunch your numbers and figure out your numbers in order to be able to know what kind of diet you have to do. And then what that's going to mean for your exercise. So doing this kind of cookie cutter, like, cause I was reading about the diet too. It, I think what it's called like four, three, two, one, which is like four servings of fruits and vegetables, three servings of protein, two servings of like whole grains and like one, 200 calorie allocation for like non-healthy foods and i'm like 200 200 calories literally just like breathing in air right like (laughs) what is a non-healthy 200 calorie food right a a spoonful of peanut butter i mean i guess you get 200 calorie packs of like those little oreos or like oh those muffins the little little debbie's muffins bitch i'm like give me the whole box okay (laughs) because one pack is 100 calories so you get eight mini muffins a day or is that like a week it's a day. Okay. It's a day. It's a okay. day. Okay. But still. But bitch, fuck them muffins. Like, if I would have <laughs> eaten something, I would have eaten something. But I was... And I'm in... It's crazy because you... When you research, like, what the numbers are, the metrics are, in terms of what truly is, like, the, the way to lose the most weight, you have to, like, really crunch numbers. Like, they talked about... I remember when I was researching it, like, you have to figure out what your basal metabolic rate is, mm-hmm. and then you have to figure out, um, like, they say 1,500 calories is, like, a pound. So you want to try to make some sort of... Deficit. Deficit of... 500 calories a day to accumulate to the 50, well, not 1,500, 3,500, I'm sorry. Right. 3,500 is equal to a pound. You want to have a deficit of 500 calories a day based off your basal metabolic rate, and then that's what's going to cause you to actually lose pounds. Right. And But they're also, through the diet and the exercise, there was kind of like no nuanced conversation about like the difference between like weight, fat loss, muscle gain Uh like everything was just like lose weight numbers and i'm like what is this the point of the show right because it definitely wasn't to create more healthy people it was entertainment is probably the only word that makes sense but even that doesn't make sense because well i guess it does in a world in the world that we live in right it is very entertaining to see people be tortured essentially and that's literally what it is because it it fits within this incessant need for people 
who are, I don't know, I'm not going to say that all people who watch The Biggest Loser are thin, but I feel like the overarching kind of like uh, vibe and energy of the, the, the way that the show is edited, 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 <laughs> and... <laughs> edited and the way that you know they concoct these narratives it's definitely for like this kind of thin fit athletic gaze Mm -hmm. it's kind of like i'm going to like vindicate people who feel like fat people are lazy and fat people are unmotivated by putting them in these strenuous situations in these strenuous circumstances yelling at them until they get it together right and put their trauma and their experiences and their pain on full display as a spectacle so i can consume this and feel vindicated in my kind of like handle on fitness athleticism health and i'm like and not even just their like physical trauma not even just I don't feel comfortable being in front of people because I'm so big, but like, let me dig into your, into your backstory. Let me, let me figure out what happened in your childhood that has made you so fucked up that you decided to be fat. Like, I really fucking hate this show and I really don't like Jillian Michaels. (laughs) I don't like her. I cannot. I don't like her at all. Bob, I used to fuck with Bob hard. I used to really fuck with him because I feel like, I don't know if I just projected this kind of like, he always gave me, first of all, I really (laughs) am like. I don't know why I've always been like a low key like political person ever since I was a child. But like the fact that he was blue and she was red really was like <laughs> she always represented the red team, and I always was like, mm, I don't really fuck with that, you know, because Republican, Democrat, you know. But and also I liked Bob's approach. He always seemed like even though he was yelling as well, he always seemed more kind of calm and cool. He was like, oh, we can do yoga. He also seemed like he was a little bit more interested in, like, the whole person, you know, like, taking care of the entire person, not, like, fucking Jillian, who is just like, hey, lose these pounds, lose them, hurry up, lose them now. Right. And I also feel like she gives me very much so, like, I want to figure out a way to get into kind of, like, the entertainment industry, but... I couldn't do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to become like a fitness kind of girl and then get on a show in hopes that that will parlay me into this career in the entertainment industry. How'd that go, Jillian? Ooh. It didn't. That's the question. Whereas Bob, I don't mean, I don't really know anything about Bob's life, but he he kind of, you know, struck me as someone who was just like, I am here to try to help these people heal. (laughs) And it's like, the workouts that they were doing, I was reading a, another article about this on The Guardian, and they were, one of the winners did a, a interview with the fucking, um, I think it was New York Post, and she said, essentially, like, there was a point in during the show where she was having a thousand calories a day, which is essentially nothing. Absolutely nothing. Especially when you're working out, and she said six to eight hours a day. Okay, so she was surviving on air crunchy air and then they also said that there were instances where they wanted to really because it's also the context of the show is it's dramatized so they want to want there to be a story to tell so in the event that you weren't like losing the weights losing the weight that you need to lose they would flub the numbers by like 
putting you in kind of these saunas or putting you in really, really hot spaces and have mm-hmm. you wear all these layers mm-hmm. and like work out and then get on the scale so that you lose all that water, all weight. water weight. So yeah. it's so much more dramatized. I'm like... I, when I was watching the... I don't know if I was watching them. I was maybe reading the Where Are They Nows? And a lot of them were talking about how they have like joint problems now. A mm-hmm. lot of them have really bad knees because it was just not healthy the way that they lost the weight. It was constant working out six hours of working out not eating and then you get sent home and you don't have any support you don't know what you're supposed to continue doing you don't know how to continue eating there was no aftercare and now all of these people are just broken for the sake of us watching this tv show and i always and i don't remember what the prize was but i feel like it was it wasn't anything than more than like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. so i'm like you're actually exacerbating trauma for $250,000, bitch. Can I at least get a million? Can I at least get two? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, NBC, I know you have the budget, bitch. Like, and I feel like there was a time where Biggest Loser probably was like one of their most watched shows. I have no evidence to support this. However, I feel like I can make that claim comfortably. I can, we can definitely make the claim that they had at least a million dollars to give them because... Yes, I know that, but I'm saying... (laughs) MTV is giving away half a million dollars every season of the challenge. So there is no way that NBC doesn't have that money. Right. And one of the things that I always took issue with is that if the, the... The purpose of the show is to promote health and wellness and to show that people can lose weight and that weight isn't this insurmountable thing. If that's the point of the show, why is it that we put people in a context where we showing, we're showing them throwing up, we're showing them crying, <laughs> we're showing them being yelled at, we're showing them, we're putting them in this context where weight loss, diet, and health and anything surrounding those topics is all they're focusing on during the duration of the challenge or the duration of the show. Cause it's like, it's not realistic. If it's something that's really not difficult, why is it that we're making it so that this is the only thing that they're focusing on? Cause in the real world, niggas have jobs, niggas have families, niggas have like all kinds of life events that cause them to cause their weight to fluctuate, cause their weight to go down, right. cause them to participate in emotional eating how are you going to, if you really care about health, wellness, and balance, why don't you put the show in that kind of context so that you can then actually provide the care to people and then see if they're losing the weight? Because I feel like, bitch, that would truly be the show. Correct. That was still my idea, bitch. <laughs> that would truly be the show. Let's find some working people and let's say, okay. Let's give them the tools. Because it's kind of like what people do in their jobs. They're like, oh, I want to lose weight. So we're going to have this challenge where everyone puts in $20. Whoever loses the most weight at the end of the month gets the pie. There are apps like that. There are? Yeah, there's um, there's an app called Healthy Weight, I think. And then there's also one called... I downloaded it. I have never used it, but I downloaded it. <laughs> Cause I don't have any money. <laughs> uh, diet bet, but diet bet. they don't give you the necessary tools. I don't think you're just kind of on your own to lose the weight. And then we see for diet bet, I think it was like you bet thirty dollars that you will lose X amount of pounds, and then if you lose, you get to split the pot with the other winners. Oh wow! But it doesn't tell you how to lose the weight. It just says lose it. And things like that for me are always weird because it's like. 
not everybody is going to lose weight at the same rate. Mm -hmm. So I could be working just as hard as the person next to me and not lose any weight this week because I lost a bunch last week. You know, that's, that was one of my issues with Legion was Mm. that you had to lose a certain amount of pounds in these six weeks. And every week, if you weren't losing X amount of pounds, they would be like, well, you're not doing something right. Are you, what are you eating? You're not working out hard enough when you're here. And it's just like, no, <laughs> no. And even if I lose these 20 pounds for Legion, even if I lose these 20 pounds in this six weeks, in the next six weeks, I might not lose 20 because there's, it's, first of all, it's not healthy for you to be losing 20 pounds every and six was, weeks. Right. That's what and second of all, me losing these 20 pounds the first six weeks was probably a ton of water weight. So me losing actual fat is not going to come off that quickly. It's not, it's not. And also I feel like one of the things I, 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 think that the show should have accounted for because they had a show of men and women it's easier for men to lose weight because of testosterone levels Mm -hmm. so it's like at what point were you accounting for that in 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 again that goes back to my point of like there was no attention paid to any kind of like nuance understanding or conversation about weight versus fat versus you know muscle mass in that how are you going to have this show where men are competing with women and then just judging them slow solely based on well they did do like body fat percentage too but i'm like this the the i feel like weight was weighted more yeah, the premise was the pound ditch the, the pound number right what do you how do you feel about people like people who go on the show because they generally have like this 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 need this want to lose weight. Like, do you feel? In the past, I felt. I mean, okay, when I was watching it, I didn't have any feelings. Mm-hmm. Now, thinking on the people who have gone on this show in the past, I feel bad for them because I don't feel like they were given the attention that they were seeking. I don't feel like they were given the tools that they needed to prosper in that situation. I don't know how it's going to be with this revamping of the show. Right. Apparently, there's supposed to be more attention paid to, like, aftercare and things like that. It's like a lifestyle change. I don't have any high hopes for it. Like, my expectations are in the basement. But my hope is that people who want to be on this show, who who want to get tools and get um, attention to losing weight, get help with losing weight, actually get it, and aren't just like screamed at for the next six weeks and having to throw up and having to deal with situations like being put in a room full of pizza and told not to eat it when like that first of all that's mean (laughs) it's mean but like on a bigger level i don't know the word for it it's torture that's what it is it's Mm -hmm. torture because for for people who have body image issues who have food issues who could be comfort eating Mm -hmm. Putting them in a situation and then telling them not to do it is not the way to cure them of that. Cure, in quotation marks, of them of that. What did we say? You can't shame somebody into doing something. Right. You can't. And how far does shame really go? The reason I ask that question is because I feel like I think they're... Because we have an interesting perspective on weight. I mean, let me. I don't know where you are currently. But I'm in this space right now where I don't feel the need to lose weight. I don't feel pressed to lose weight. I don't feel particularly interested in losing weight and it's probably it's probably kind of hypocritical because it's kind of like well you go to the gym every day isaiah why are you not interested in losing (laughs) weight me i go to the gym because for me it's more so like a mental health thing it's a habit i've been doing this shit for five years i feel weird if i don't go and i like seeing 
testing my strength and seeing like meeting different like fitness goals and meeting them and exceeding them that kind of thing those are things I like about it I'm not really interested in losing weight I just want my clothes to fit because I can't afford to buy a new wardrobe <laughs> but there are people who are probably actually going to the show because they have this interesting relationship with their weight they have this interesting um, mental health kind of history that's informing the way that they're eating and how they eat and going on the show may legitimately be a resource for them this is me trying to trying to paint like an optimistic to give the other perspective on it going on the show may be a legitimate way for them to kind of get this the resources and the support that they need that they otherwise maybe can't afford don't have the time for because it is kind of dope in that that's the only thing that you're focused on if that's something that you want to do for Mm -hmm. the duration of the show yeah i feel like it's it would be dope to focus solely on it for the duration of the show if i was given the correct tools and the correct um like the correct attention to detail for that thing right if it were you were in a situation where obviously i'm the the show definitely deserves to be criticized. But if you were in a situation where you could be on the show and be there for I think it what is it like six weeks? Not six weeks. Is it like two months? Three Something months? Something like that. And then that's the only thing that you focus on. But you're also kind of similarly to what Topher D was talking about, where he had this kind of multi pronged approach to addressing weight loss. I would love that. That would be great. I don't feel like that's what Biggest Loser was. It's not. Absolutely not. <laughs> and I also feel like it's kind of interesting because when we th- when I think about it, and I haven't watched the show in a minute, when I think about it, it's kind of like Bob and Jillian were put in these positions where they also had to kind of be therapists too, which I'm like, y'all also don't... I, I, I need to see credentials, bitch. Right, you're I'm not like, qualified oh, to do that at all. Right. <laughs> I need to see credentials because you probably are just like a life coach, bitch, and I, we all know that I can be a life coach in two seconds, bitch. <laughs> Okay, because I can just call myself a life coach. I am one now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I don't understand why you feel like you have any kind of capacity or ability to kind of really offer an informed, knowledgeable, um, genuine perspective on how to address a mental health concern. Well, do you feel like they were treating obesity as a mental health concern or it was just like a this is physical, this is aesthetics, so I don't I don't need to be a therapist because you, there's nothing wrong with you mentally. That sounds terrible. There's nothing mentally to address here. But I feel like if that was the case, then y'all wouldn't be, a, y'all wouldn't be uh, attaching like the way that they eat and the reason that they are the way that they are to some sort of trauma and then having them put that trauma on display. Because it was like, I remember, I was reading the article, I remember the article they talked about how like one man professed about how his like, brother or father or somebody was like murdered and that's what caused him to eat yeah and this was a conversation that was you know portrayed on the show and i'm like bitch i will be eating crazy too like (laughs) i comfort eat now and nothing that crazy has happened right (laughs) i would do that too and i don't understand why 
But then it's also those arguments are not connected to any kind of like other arguments like structural or societal arguments. Because we can have a conversation about the individual and how they have had these experiences that caused them to go about eating. But let's not talk about the fact that food, the food, uh, the food that we are exposed to mm-hmm. that is uh, uh, like cost efficient and, you know, affordable mm-hmm. is also the most unhealthiest fucking food. Especially for, I mean, I don't know this this man's specific story, but right. living in a an area where crime is prevalent, mm-hmm. in, a, in an area where my father or my brother being killed is... High probability. Right. Mm-hmm. Is also the same areas where there are food deserts. Where right. The only food that you can find is a Popeye's or a McDonald's. It's The nearest grocery store is not within walking distance and you don't have a car. Like, there's a lot of other stuff going on. Right. That is not just, oh, I'm this individual who had this kind of traumatic experience. Now I'm participating in fucking emotional eating and now I am fat. Like, that's right. too perfect, bitch. It's too linear. Y'all really think that that's the only reason, the the only way that you're going to address somebody's issues with eating. Because also, you have to take into consideration, like we said, it's expensive. Food deserts are a thing. Also, um, MSGs, like sugar content, mm-hmm. like salt content, all these things are food, are chemicals, preservatives. Every other day we're finding out that something is a carcinogenic that's in food. Like, all these things are factors that contribute to how a person, you know, digests this stuff and then how their body responds to it that may put them in a situation where they do experience obesity. Mm-hmm. And then, what are we going to do about that? What tool, what attention is being paid to that? Because it would be different if the biggest loser was lobbying a fucking government to have the uh, the 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 cost of you know fruits and vegetables, fresh fruits and vegetables lowered. Like then I'm like, okay, bitch. That's not the case. We're going for the low hanging fruit. We're hitting the lowest man on the totem pole. Right, and I don't like that. Like I really, I you lose me whenever you start making like really super individualistic arguments about the why things the way are the way that they are like you could extrapolate that to all kinds of different issues but you lose me with that because i feel like it's just not to me it's not intellectual it's so easy to say oh the reason that you are the way that you are is because you made the wrong decisions or you were put in a position where these things happened to you so that's why you're fat as opposed to saying like it's expensive to diet. It's expensive to, to work out. Like, right. <laughs> having a gym membership costs money. It costs money. And also expensive in terms of time is a resource. Like, yeah. Cause if I'm working nine to five and I have three kids at home, when do I have time to go work out? Right. So let's, let's situate this whole show within the context of capitalism. But then I was also having this thought too. Like, I think I kind of like the idea of fat people like understanding that this is for kind of like this thin gaze, this athletic gaze, this fit gaze that's interested in seeing them kind of experience pain and suffering, but doing that and being like, I want to do this shit because I want to win money. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm kind of, I kind of fuck with that. Like, it's not enough money though. It's not. It's definitely not. But if there was anyone who was like intentionally, I would love it if somebody came out after the show and they won and was like, bitch, I only went on that show to win money. And I know <laughs> that these skinny people want to see a fat bitch lose weight. So I wanted that money. So I'm going, like, if somebody came out like that, I would really gag. <laughs> because that's why I feel I want one of the fitness girls on social media to do the same. 
to be like, y'all do realize I only did this because <laughs> you bitches are willing to follow and support and advertisements, bitch. I really want someone to do that wholeheartedly. Isn't that what Cardi B did with the music? She said, I really don't give a fuck about music. I just did it because I needed a bag. And I'm I'm not mad. I'm not <laughs> mad at all. I love, I appreciate somebody who who's honest. Like, let me shut, not say too much on this podcast that we potentially might. It's a hot mic. <laughs> that we potentially might garner support from. But I'm really trying to think about the positives of this show and I'm coming up short. So I'm not really pressed. Are you going to watch the new season? I might watch an episode to see if it has actually changed, but I don't think that I'm going to be a avid watcher, no. We should do like a, a Biggest Loser watch and, and react. Like talk about different things on the show and see. Okay, I'm down with that. But I also, it would have involved me actually watching it and committing to watch it because I struggle <laughs> with that. I don't really watch TV like that. So. You just have to watch it while you're at the gym. Oh no, absolutely not. Let's pick a quote from the article that really encapsulates how we feel. I feel like the way I summarized it earlier is how I feel. Actually, correct. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to find some because there were some good quotes. We're going to post the article in the show notes. The, 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 the caption, I mean the title, The Biggest Loser isn't about wellness. It's about the spectacle of fat people's pain and tears. Oh, well, this one. Okay. The article says, Instead of wellness, the I heart was of just reading that you one. were just yeah, one. That was a good one. Instead of wellness, the heart of this show is fat people breaking down and crying, typically in front of the conventionally attractive personal trainers in whom the show invests all of its moral authority, and that's literally what it is. It's like by virtue of being fat, you're immoral. So <laughs> I have become the arbiter on how you should live your life in order to become more moral but then i'm gonna drop you off in the middle of nowhere after this show is over and expect you to survive and then lead you to your own demise like <laughs> leave you to your own demise this show makes me so mad the biggest loser is an amazing illustration of how instead of arranging society in a way that would actually allow people to live better and healthier america treats fat bodies as grotesque or tragic failures and exploits them for entertainment boom Again, it's more than just that person's individual choices that led them to be fat. That's my biggest point from that. Okay, let's move on. You have a weekly consumption. I don't really think I do. Let me see if I can find one. Mine is the Netflix show Cheer. I was watching it last week when we recorded. I finally finished it. It's really good. Speaking of like people being fit and shit, throwing their bodies around in the sky. Throwing their bodies around in, in the, the sky. sky. Yes. There were literally girls being thrown in the sky and then coming back down. Some of them didn't come down gracefully, but they did come down. And it just blows my mind that people can move their bodies like that. Like, how? How? That show was actually really good. Like, the brief, like, 15 minutes that I watched, I was really, like, captivated. I'm like... And they did like, they went into the backstories of a lot of the kids. It was just, it was so good. It was so good. I'm sad that there's only one season. And it's crazy when you think about in high school, how many people really took seriously like their extracurricular activities and how the, the, 
like the administration supported them in doing that, but also kind of like, have we crossed a line where it's not no longer extracurricular, but this is becoming like a career, like a second right, job, like a job. Like <laughs> I just feel that way about bands. Really? Yes, because marching band was three nights a week. We were practicing after school from six p.m. to nine p.m. and then all day Saturday belonged to them. So mm-hmm. like. I I didn't ha- I did not have a social life in high school outside of band. Band was my social life. Right. And the time that I would spend having a part-time job senior year was spent at rehearsals. So it was my job. I wasn't allowed to miss rehearsals, I wasn't allowed to miss performances, and I was a captain, so I had to come early and stay late. It was a job. I was there more than I was anywhere else actually. Mm-mm. My weekly conception. Let me try to think of one. I mean, I guess I could just drop another, um, like, political podcast or political broadcast show that I watch. So, I also, along with the Majority Report, I also watch TYT on YouTube. Um, it's just another left-leaning show that does, like, pop pop culture and political commentary. And I just really appreciate their perspective on things, specifically their current coverage of the primary um, race. And I just really appreciate how they be saying the things that I really want people to say on the mainstream media. Because it seems like there's this demonstrated kind of effort to completely disregard, completely undermine, completely get in the way of one of, of my candidate success. I'm not going to say who the candidate is. I want to so badly, <laughs> but to get in the way of my candidate success and to take things away from him and to try to force these other candidates who are clearly going to make us lose to this man. However, we're not going to talk about that on this episode. Also, <laughs> y'all need to please, 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 please look up their um, coverage of Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg, if you're actually thinking about voting, I mean, I don't know if you're listening to this show and you're thinking about voting for Michael Bloomberg, however, (laughs) comma, if you're thinking about voting for Michael Bloomberg, please watch one of their recent videos of his, of some, some audio that came out from 2015 that he was saying about black people and essentially kind of like offering a justification for stop and frisk. It will really, I hope it will inform your decision in terms of your support for this man. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. (laughs) That's our show. We hope you had a great time. We had a great time with you. We hope you come back to listen next week when we will have a brand new show for you. In the meantime, make sure you follow us on Instagram at fat people podcast and follow our individual Instagrams. I'm Taylor Renee. He's uh, the black Hermione and uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you guys want to hear on the show. We've been doing a lot of like political-based shows in the past couple of weeks, but with the political climate, I feel like it's necessary. However, if you feel like you want to hear something else, we want to know. Um, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>